0: empowered living coach and spiritual feminist and today i have the great pleasure of sharing time with penny kasum klum an inspired teacher healer and real live woman welcome penny
1: thank you Joni. i'm very very happy to be here with you having this conversation uh because you know, there really are not too many people I can walk down the street and have this sort of conversation we're about to have with. Mm. And uh, it's, it's just, it's a real pleasure for me to have found you.
0: Yay. And for yeah. me to have found you.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let me share just a little bit more about the wonder that is Penny. Um, what I... Like to think of when I think of you, Penny is as I said earlier, someone who really bridges two worlds. Penny has a unique uh, background or a unique story of being trained early in life uh, as a scientist. She has graduate degrees in chemical engineering and biochemistry, and taught for a number of years as a as a professor. In those disciplines. And she also has extensive training as a yoga teacher and has done a tremendous amount in terms of spiritual growth and spiritual teaching. So she's developed an original program that illuminates the connections between ancient philosophy and modern science. Her presence, her love of people, her enthusiasm, and diversity is what shapes her unique teachings on bringing spirit to life. I love that, bringing spirit Mm -hmm. to life.
1: That's what it's all about because, you know, it's, it's really, <laughs> I'm just getting this visual that it's it's so hard to not find Thera. I mean, we are literally tripping over it all the time, but to invite it into our lives and to understand what that really means, I think, is the, the real trick and the trip, the reason we're here.
0: Mm, absolutely. So I'm just going to say, I'm noticing a little feedback I'm not sure just technically speaking I'm not sure what that
1: is did it just stop Uh uh-huh yeah there's uh that was just a noise coming in from outside there was a truck backing up I think somewhere is what it sounded like
0: (laughs) well it's funny because you were talking about spirit and I thought Okay, are we having one of those kind of experiences? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. It
1: just came up through a backup signal. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. but you
0: just got done saying we're yeah. literally yep. tripping over it. So, yep, and there it goes,
1: verbally tripping in on us.
0: Yeah, so tell me more about that and what you know about that and experience with that in your life.
1: They're bringing spirit to life. Um, yeah i I think the, uh, you know that's a really big question, and I just don't even know which angle to come in mm-hmm. with, uh, because to me, there's no question the spirit is right there. the divinity, the the spirit, I so see it, you know, just from within our own bodies, from within ourselves, that divinity that you know we can quantify and describe and study and research you know, everything so much about what's happening within our bodies. And all of that is true, the mechanics, the, uh, the, the knowledge, you know, behind all of this, uh, but the, you know, the one thing that has never been able to be quantified, and I don't think ever will be able to be, is that, that spark that gets the system running, mm-hmm. you know, a human body, a human mind, our chemistry is, uh, it's set into motion. At some point, and then it becomes its own, um, you know, system where it, it keeps itself rolling and it's Mm self-sustaining and what starts that process. You know, who knows? It's it's the indescribable, and this is the spirit that enters into these. Um, I'm going to call it these mechanical systems, these physical systems, our bodies and our minds. I would put our minds as as part of our physical bodies, not mm-hmm. something separate. Mm-hmm. And so, the divinity, the spirit, is already there. And then we have the, uh, the physicality and our minds and our, our, very real physical experiences of, of this lifetime. And they sort of, um, the mind and the body are kind of working as they are when we're born. And then we have these life experiences that continue to shape how the mind and the body are working together. And those two things together are what creates the, our experiences, mm. uh, what we walk with and what we would describe and to me the bringing spirit to life it's a little bit of a misnomer because the spirit is already there we just do not have an awareness of it so to me the whole trip is to understand you know what is it we're not in lack at any point what is it Mm -hmm. that is is creating um resistance or Mm non-seeing of the non-experience of the spirit that is right there Mm. So it's starting to look at our mechanical, physical system to see where these blockages are and to understand how normal they are. Mm. And, and yeah.
0: I, I want to hear more about how you work with that, but I, I'm also curious just about your own story. Has this always, have you always known this? Or is this, you know, was this an awakening into this knowledge for yourself? Um, you know just having come from the background as a scientist I'm just curious about your own journey with spirit and recognizing it and finding it yeah
1: so I would Yeah, I would dearly love to say I'd like to have one of those stories where I could say that, oh, I had an awakening at this moment. You know, I love those books. I love those stories. And I think I, I spent a long time kind of waiting for mine to be served up. But um, but what I'm finding is it's, it's, it's more of a I've had more of a spiral. And I guess, you know, this would be an awakening story. And I, uh, I also expect that I really feel like the trajectory is more of a spiral and that I'll become awakened again, and then I'll have another awakening and it'll proceed like that. But the, I think for me, I have all, my journey personally has been that I've always been very left brain and very right brain. I kind of sit right in the middle of that And of course, I didn't understand any of that as a child. So part of it has been that as I lived a bunch of life and uh, I think it was towards the end of my 20s or or hitting my 30s um, that I started understanding that. Yeah, the, the interaction between the left brain and right brain. And when I'm saying that, I'm I'm back to talking about you know the left brain is the thinking, the doing, the mental, the physical, and the the right brain is the experiential,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: the wordless. And and also when when I was very young, there was no question that I, I the the way that I absolutely knew that I was in connection with something different than other people is because I was, I had very many early memories of watching the adults around me, um, kind of freak out <laughs> and be, and be worried and be concerned. And, and, and not that they shouldn't have been, I mean, that's their stories, but I distinctly remember as a very young child, um, kind of wondering why they were so upset because everything was so okay and I mm-hmm. I really have these moments of of not understanding mm-hmm. why they didn't also see that everything was okay or that it would be okay or that things were you know whatever it was they were upset about mm-hmm. there was a whole other world of things around that that were going great you know mm-hmm. one the, the hyper focus on the one thing and I would be looking around the whole environment like, You know, 99% of your world is totally okay right now. And, and that, so that distinction between me and what I, I saw going on around me, Hmm. I think that made me aware that, okay, some, something I'm, I didn't know what the difference was. And then uh, I, in my younger years, I really, I could do math and science, like all throughout school, uh, and it came relatively easy to me but i i kind of really had no interest in it zero i was really a musician i um was a concert clarinetist and i started training um in that realm at a at a young age and uh and that was going to be my destination in life i did a lot of playing a lot of competitions uh, and what i found through that and um, was uh i had this this structure of this tool, mm-hmm. the clarinet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I became, I mean, there was a the long period of time where I had to become um, skilled at being able to play this, you know, the, the physical skill involved in that, the mental skill, the experience um, playing it just to become a, a great operator of this tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we reach a critical point where, you know, I was able to I had the skill level going. And then I, I do have a distinct memory of a moment that I had won a competition. That was the Mozart clarinet concerto. I was standing up in front, mm-hmm. front of an orchestra playing that. And uh, the second movement is still my you know, that's one of my all time uh, Connections to grace because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was supposed to be turning pages you know to keep going as as we were playing this and uh, and I came to somewhere in the middle of it and I realized that like oh I had not been turning pages for like I don't know four five six pages and I just kept playing mm-hmm. and there was it, it it literally became as if that musical instrument was literally like an arm uh, the vibrations that were going through it were totally in my body and the plane was just happening and i mm-hmm. felt um it truly was one of those um one of those moments and uh and the reason i you know that that i that's i think where i had the first awakening and the first realization mm-hmm. of what it meant and how to how how to connect and that it does take a certain skill level because you know back to to what i you know talk about with um what what I'm doing right now what is the instrument the instrument is my my human body and my mind Mm -hmm. which is like you know the the clarinet or Mm -hmm. like when I went to engineering school it was like my calculator or my computer (laughs) or it was like freshman chemistry none of the it was like my textbooks you know all of these things have they they really have no intrinsic value because they have no consciousness we bring the consciousness to it but the 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 thing that I think I really understood early on is that these things are um, created by grace Mm -hmm. in a sense because these tools Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, it's the it's the there that you we do require or we are asked to develop a skill level with these technical tools with our calculators with our freshman chemistry with Mm -hmm. our clarinets you know and with our minds and with our bodies and once we develop a skill level then Mm -hmm. then grace has a door to come in and grace starts operating that for us so we don't we are operating on that that cardboard level yes
0: (laughs) right the two dimensional the two d
1: yeah, yes. it's, it's, I, I always I talk about that, like uh, operating at the cardboard level versus the, uh, the the velvet or the satin level, like mm-hmm. one is much more sensory and, mm-hmm. and deep. Mm-hmm. So so my personal journey was like that, that moment with, um, you know, it playing playing that that piece of music and feeling that come through me. Mm-hmm. Um, that just it, it kind of showed me that I needed both the left brain and the right brain, mm-hmm. the ability to actualize and do and, uh, and 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 have a skill level and an understanding and the intellectual understanding of something so that grace has a vehicle to come through and that that's my purpose wherever I am. Mm-hmm. And I know I couldn't have said it in those words back then, but... You know, practicality hit, and uh, and I decided. Uh, I come from a family of engineers, and I decided last minute. Yeah, what am I going to do with that music degree? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was like, well, okay, I need to do something else. So, uh, in a roundabout way, I ended up in chemical engineering school, and I I chose that because I also started realizing the connection with biology and chemistry. This the human body is the most um, hmm perfectly designed uh, engineering system there is, and everything else can be modeled off of that, but there's a certain creativity to, to chemical and bioengineering. Hmm. You know, it's it's like we gather our tools. I had to take all of those courses for all of those years, and then I went back to teach them later as, a, as a professor, and all the questions are still the same. Why do I need to take this? Why do I need to know that? Um, it, it, the thing, because what we're teaching right now, these things are just skill builders and tool builders. These are not the thing. You're absolutely right. But once I have that information, I know grace can now come in when I can relax back. And it has a, a brain full and a body full of, uh, of tools it can use to create mm. anything new.
0: Wow. Wow. I, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It, and I know you and I um, months back had you know had a conversation about the feminine and the masculine, and yeah. that's really what I'm hearing you describe in other words, in terms of that balance of bringing in both, um, yes, and needing both to get to that place where you can allow grace in, and you know to whether it's to create the structure or the tool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it, it yes, I, I'm getting, I'm getting a little tongue tied by this because I, I get so excited about this. It's, okay. uh, you know, structure and uh, flow mm. have to be paired together. Yep. You know, really what the bottom line to this whole thing is go, that I'm, that I will talk about is that. It's all about the balance and it's about duality coming Mm -hmm. to polarity, Mm -hmm. you know, that we have to have both energies present or you know, then, it, or, or it's stunted it's like you know the the yes. masculine is the intellectual to me you know that one aspect of the masculine is intellectual and uh and that's where i was saying is that textbooks and calculators and all, they have no life of their own mm-hmm. the intellect has no life of its own um and, and then but then we like to think that like oh so it needs to be all about flow because that's where you know that's where the life is that's where the spirit is that's where the intuition is and and yes but that can't be expressed in this physical (laughs) realm without some physical means you know so they they both absolutely have to be there and it's just really been coming to me a mile a minute Mm. about um you know the necessity to kind of uh Uh, propagate or support or um, really uh, back both. And of course, that's what I think part of our conversation was around uh, how, you know, when we look externally, this is certainly, you know, the balance that is off in our world and has been, you know, off the tracks and heading in this direction for a very long time. And it, it truly is mirroring, I believe, what's off balance within each one of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So whether we're talking about society or ourselves and, and our ease of life and grace of life as individuals, it's the same exact conversation.
0: Yes. I, I could not agree more. <laughs> <Could> not. <laughs> and I know that the work, one of the kind of offerings you bring to the world is this idea of helping people clarify their mind Uh, That that is a means of healing or transformation that you share just based on your own experience. So I would love to hear you say more about that or how how you do that.
1: Yeah. So so in my experience, you know, these the stories that I told you where they came together, that the masculine and the feminine were balanced in those moments that I had the skill and I had you know, the the intellectual understanding and, and then Grace showed up at the party too and then we have these things that we call our, our peak moments mm. is really when those two things have been engaged at the same time, um, you know, having those experiences uh, made me instantly try to understand why this wasn't happening 100% of the time. Mm. Because mm. if I had the skill and then it you know, this took different forms, this is where I say it's spiral because it took different forms. First it was the music and then I, okay, so then I went over to the left brain world and I developed my skill and Grace was able to show up there too. Um, through some of the things I was understanding and the work I was able to do at one point I was doing cancer research another time I Mm -hmm. you know was working in all of these different settings where we were you know inviting or inventing new things Mm -hmm. and so I did it in the left brain world Mm -hmm. and then we I I really became uh, I took yoga uh, to start with for physical reasons, like many people do. I just needed to rehab a running injury. And I found a whole lot more there because what I realized is that I had skillful teachers and they were able to um, unlock the, uh, well, let me rephrase that. They were able to uh, help me clarify my mind in that moment and grace flowed through mm-hmm. into these mm-hmm into these moments i was having in classes and these uh the sensation of being connected to that was sticking with me for you know the next 36 to 48 hours or Mm -hmm. so in my life Uh, you know i would be doing my thing so i'd be doing and walking with a different underlying feel and i didn't understand that so putting that all together i kind of doubled back to you know the the engineering and the biochemistry and uh what i really began seeing is that i what the reason i wasn't experiencing this 100 percent of the time and the reason it was showing up like every yoga class with this skillful teacher was uh it was because my mind was not clear so it gets back to the clarity and so what does that mean you know and so so it was going back through um you know everything from, you know, when I do this kind of a yoga pose, what does that do biochemically in my body? And mm-hmm. looking at this sort of uh, breathing technique, why is that causing me to calm down? But when I breathe with an anxious breath pattern, that causes things to ratchet up. And I started understanding the, the connection between body, breath, and mind. And that if, I, if my mind was off and I needed to rein it back in, or to clarify it is how I'd rather say it, mm-hmm. that it's too hard you cannot tell your mind to just relax or to <laughs> you know to shift gears or right. you know or, or clarify clarify right now send yeah. me inspiration we can't do that so so the ancient philosophies what they understood is that there are two other doorways in and that's our bodies and our breath mm. and I, I really started understanding that you know let's take the easiest doorway in so if my mind is going 100 miles an hour and I can't get out of a loop of thinking that's really unhelpful for me uh, I let's just accept that that's happening and go in an easier doorway mm. you know let me soften my muscles let me start you know doing a few yoga poses and movement that will you know shift my body from a muscular angle Mm -hmm. and then the muscular um shift of softening is going to send different signaling to my nervous system my nervous system will start you know shifting from fight or flight stress response and cortisol and adrenaline over to the the relaxation response in our bodies and and to you know, literally producing chemicals like serotonin, melatonin, GABA, mm-hmm. you know, all of these relaxants and and the same thing with our breathing that certain breath patterns I can trace through um, from a, a biochemical or, or physical um, aspect, how these will also make that that systemic shift from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is what the ancient cultures knew—the Eastern Eastern cultures. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of that's why I say it's if we can gain or glean more of an understanding of how our bodies and minds work uh, together with our breath, then we have these three entry points to go in. And if I can more skillfully say, okay, this is where I am right now, but I would like to create a shift, then then. You know, I have this this realm of tools to help me start creating a little more space, Mm -hmm. and the ultimate goal to all of that for me is um is is to find that clarity of mind, and to to just understand how to get to that through our bodies and minds. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, through our bodies and breath, and the clarity of mind. What what's really happening with that is that my mind is not clear or it's not is not inviting in grace or allowing grace in at all times because there are two parts to my mind. This is the way I've come to understand it, is that that there is what I'll call the, uh, the logical, clear-seeing mind that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, this needs to get done. Well, let me take the word need out of it. The logical, clear-seeing mind would see, um, you know, two people over there and they're talking loudly towards each other. And that's what That's what the clear-seeing mind sees. The other half of our mind is uh, what I would call the storytelling mind. Mm -hmm. And the storytelling mind would see that same thing and layer on um, like the frosting. Well, that man was being very strong on that woman and I need to get over there and help. And she was feeling really upset and he was really being overbearing. And this is where someone else's mind would see this and see it exactly the opposite way. And none of the stories are true. Mm-hmm. they're all you know just references back that are coming up from our conditioning our previous experiences and who knows where they're coming for from they're like you know i always picture a hot uh, a hot air popcorn popper and it's like <laughs> pop pop pop. And, and you know would we like grab that piece of popcorn and go oh let me look at you for a long time i'm sure you have a big thing to tell me <laughs> it's like, no it's just it's just popping out so so understanding how to um shift our minds or down regulate mm-hmm. or pay less attention to the storytelling mind we're left with that clarity of mind that actualizer we're left with the knowledge the the uh, the calculator you know the tool the instrument Mm-hmm. And and that's when as soon as the the covering or that sheath or maya or that that misunderstanding is is removed, as soon as the stories are removed, then then grace and and inspiration, intuition, mm-hmm. spirit has always been right there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's instantly willing to flow through the instrument.
0: Yes. And when I conceived of this podcast and even the idea of, um, you know, bringing like money into this equation, exactly what you're talking about was uh, like bringing that process to our relationship with money or our relationship with money as women. It's like how to to cultivate, and I I don't know what your experience has been in, in that regard, but... Like intuitively, I knew, even though I hadn't quite gotten there yet, that all the processes you are describing could lend themselves to this very real um, substance that we all interface with day in and day out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't. I would just love to hear your your insight, your input, your experience with with that with that piece
1: well as uh we noted in my introduction i am a fellow traveler on this path so it's yes. an ever evolving topic of course <laughs> and <laughs> i mean you, you know i think uh i think we make our first connection with uh with with the with the feel of this whole thing with with mm-hmm. spirit you know mm-hmm. we all there's a lot of us that are connecting to that i think everyone on this planet has the ability to uh to experience that and we all know there's something going on there but where where it does get challenging is when we start bringing in the really real life applications of this like <laughs> yes. money yes. so so um you know and, and and so if we go with the mechanics of, of what I was just talking about what I do realize happens is that the moment I'm grasping for anything yes that's, that's the shutdown point the moment I am starting to um scheme how i am going to increase the flow of money coming to me Mm. um it it all it's game over Mm -hmm. and and yet at the same time you know i am really really so not a person that will put a circle of crystals around me and sit in the middle of it (laughs) only and trusting that it's all just going to come knocking on my front door any moment so again, it's, it's back to the balance, yes. um, and and for me, the, the whether it's money or anything else, the mm-hmm. question is what is leading the charge? Mm-hmm. It, is it the what what is causing my next action to happen? Is or my next thought pattern to happen? Is it coming from the storytelling mind, or is it coming from from inspiration? And mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so so is it coming from um. I'm going to say a cloudy, uh, masculine aspect, Mm. or is it coming from, from divinity? Mm. And so I do that my real life. So then I go back to taking data. Okay. So what, how, what has my experience been in my life? We all have all the data we already need right now to, Mm -hmm. to know everything. And my, my experience in life has been every time i always say that I okay i make budgets and i always i always say that every time i look my budget in the eye from so many angles it should not be working out the way that it is (laughs) (laughs) so I, i i do i do the budgeting i do the forecasting i do the planning for my businesses you know but i do it very lightly and i take it with uh you know, just it. It's okay. It's there, and that's supposedly how it's going to work out. Just so I have direction, so mm-hmm. I might be able to mm-hmm. see like which which step to take. Um, but then the other the other real data from my life is that if I stop focusing on it to the you know to to the point of what am i going to do next what do i need to do how much is in that account you know on a daily basis uh then it it turns out to be okay because it just really is that thing that just like i am going to be given air to breathe mm-hmm. as long as i am destined to be here i will i will be given everything mm-hmm. that i need as long as i'm destined to be here mm-hmm. now i can't i can't hold my breath and you know force the air to not come in and <laughs> expect to be able to breathe you know the, the i can i also have to in some way allow like i would allow my breath to come in I've got to rest back and do my part. This is where we get led by intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, what's leading the charge? Is it my mind that's saying this is what I need to do next to foster the presence of more money in my life or more whatever in my life? Or is it coming from that inspiration and then taking that step back? You know, how, you know, what is it that's blocking the inspiration or the inner guidance whenever I feel Mm -hmm. stuck or I start to feel anxious about that sort of thing and then I go back to the mechanics we described that you know that there's a storytelling mind that's got its tint on this Mm -hmm. anxiety comes up and so I can't even hear intuition anymore Mm -hmm. so so it's just getting myself softer physically Mm -hmm. go ahead
0: yes it's getting myself yes go
1: ahead <laughs> I'm, getting... I'm sorry it's getting myself um softer physically you know slow down breath wise mm-hmm. feeling myself more in the the relaxation state in my nervous system and then I uh, following the guidance that comes through so then we get to another really large point is how does inspiration or intuition or the flow speak to us mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, and and to me, it's all sensory. Mm-hmm. It's going back to the the right brain. So again, we're talking about the balance between left brain and right brain. And it's literally just falling back. And I help other people um, learn to create that habit of falling back to noticing your five senses. And then we bridge the gap into the sixth sense. But you know, all those other things we can feel that don't come in through our eyes or ears or nose or mm-hmm. skin. Mm-hmm. Um but to to keep falling back into that. And then we will just get really good at, at knowing like, okay, yeah, that's the way to go because my stomach relaxed instead of, you know, clenched up and, and we will get really good at knowing is my mind clear or not? Mm. Because sometimes our stomachs will clench up. And the first question I have to ask is, is this because I'm afraid that it's clenching up or is it because it's, it's divine guidance coming in and saying no don't go there right. so it keeps coming back to that checking in with what is happening with my mind right now which portion of my mind am i in and is my mind cleared of the stories and and that's why you know i think it's so important that the feminine empowerment in mm-hmm. fact, uh, you know, that, that we talked about when we spoke before, you know, yes, we have had to go into this place in, in the world in these times where it's essential that that women's voices and, and, and actually I, I want to take a step back from that women's voices, but also men's voices. Mm-hmm. It's a feminine that has to be empowered, not just the female. Yes. So that the feminine energy that men get inspiration too. Mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's, it's just what is leading the charge when any of us act and it's, it's, you know, all of us, we need to empower and strengthen our, our belief in the value of, of the sensory stuff that comes through us mm-hmm. and, and where that's what that's asking us to say and to do and to put out into this world. And I also am am really recognizing how there's been a lot offered up uh, for female feminine empowerment. But at this moment, I feel one of the things we really need to bring to the party is is, is bringing up the masculine too. Mm -hmm. But we have to be careful of the word that we use with that. I don't think it's empowering the masculine. Because because I think the the masculine, you know, in our society, and I'm not again, not talking men, because men and women are in power positions, Um, we might more commonly see the male face in these positions, but it's, you know, it's 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 the masculine that that needs, that is very, very present in the world. And it doesn't need to become more empowered because it's like drunk on power right now. I mean, there's no, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's overly empowered. So I don't, I don't think empowerment is even what we should be talking about because, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to disempower. I mean, the thing isn't, it's not like, Oh, feminine empowerment and and male disempowerment. That's, that just sounds so wrong to me because Mm -hmm. when I go to act, I want when my masculine is inspired to act, I do want it to be powerful. Mm-hmm. I want it to be strong and I want it to have an effect. So so for me, it's not a question of do I want a strong masculine? Of course I do. But the the question is, we need um, male uh, male. A, a clarification, maybe. yeah, yes. it's it's a partnership, but it's it's a clarification of the masculine. Mm-hmm. So clarity of my masculine energy. So it's feminine empowerment and clarification of the masculine energy is the mm-hmm. clarity.
0: Yes, I, I'm also thinking about even the idea of de- detoxing it, like detoxifying it yes.
1: in a way. Yes. Yeah, it is when we when we remove that storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. It is a it's, a it's yeah equivalent to a detoxification because when that's running the show, you know that's that's our that's what we call our ego, Our Eckhart mm-hmm. Tolle talks about is the pain body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's that um, the the storytelling, the toxic, the hot air popcorn? Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, Penny, I feel like. I feel like we could talk for days, literally. Yeah, we really, we really uh, just
1: barely scratched the surface here.
0: <laughs> yes, I need to turn turn our focus a little bit um, okay. because we're we're getting to the point we need to start to transition. And I yes. would love to hear. I, I love the idea of the senses and the way you rely on the senses. And for me, I. I hear that as, in part, um, your experience of the feminine is through the senses. That may not be um, what feels, you may not see it that way, but that's how I'm hearing it. So when I think about, I use the term sacred feminine flow, Mm -hmm. um, I loved that idea that you said of like resting back into our senses. So I don't know if you have a story about a time you remember specifically kind of trusting that flow (laughs) or what
1: that means for you? You Uh, Yes, I do. I have uh, (laughs) several of them. It's been, it's because it's quite a trip when you allow yourself to go along with the flow because you (laughs) totally end up in places you never dreamed of. I mean, you know that I ended up doing anything I'm doing now is it's really kind of crazy. So um, yeah. So the way you describe it, it's like, you know, what, what what we have to talk about are the things we can talk about in words, you know, and it is uh, mm-hmm. just to address uh, your, your question about, you know, how you named my experience and, and resting back into the senses. It is that I, I. Really fall into maintaining a sensory awareness. I mean, literally hearing everything I can hear, smelling everything I can smell, and trying to keep that awareness going everywhere I am because I know that keeps me right-brained. Um, mm-hmm. That and, and I would say that the the sensory is it's not the divine itself it's not grace itself or the feminine itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's ha- but it's how it speaks to us it's the only way it can communicate with us i mean i just picture it dancing around me all the time like kind of tapping me on the head saying uh hey penny hello you know it's <laughs> like there's the foot right right there go over there let's do that but but the only way it can communicate with me is through these sensory means so the the when i say the resting back into the senses it's okay listening with other ears seeing with other eyes um and that to me that just means like becoming like the uh the transistor mm-hmm. or the the receiver mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for the senses and so i'm just watching what's rolling through there and I'm resting back into that. And there's that underlying feel that we can try to name all we want, but we just can't. It's that feeling that, yes, there are arms right now holding me. I'm sitting back in the biggest, most comfortable, easy chair I can imagine. And the other thing that keeps coming to me all the time is, uh, you know, one of those big inflatable rafts that are, you know, are literally flowing down a river or a mm-hmm. tube that I'm really comfortable in. And to me, that's that Feel is the the divine feminine so so the experience I mean the okay the the best experiences I've had with this is Mm -hmm. when um I have allowed this to come into my life and I uh, fully followed it by mistake and that's how (laughs) it happens that I didn't know that I was doing it until after it was over and I also think this is how grace works Mm -hmm. so the 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 biggest story that I have is one of the first ones that I, um, after I finished grad school and working in engineering and having my children and, you know, or I was in the middle of still having my children, I, I at one point realized that I wanted to be a teacher. And so so I started teaching, um, you know, chemistry and biochemistry in high schools and then ended up at university um, o- over the course of about 16 years. And during that time, um, a little over 20 years ago, I started my um, yoga practice. And so this was all just going on, uh, you know, on the side and so my career and my children were my life and I was doing yoga for my hobby and of course you know I couldn't just have a hobby like I just I really just love knowing everything about everything so I get really interested and I read a lot but it was all just for fun on the side and and then I, I moved to uh, Maine from Massachusetts uh, uh, in 2000 and I had uh, a yoga practice going. I had tried to find a community uh, around me. I found many lovely communities, but none that were doing a specific style of yoga that I was doing. And it was also um, the underpinnings that I was catching wind of uh, were just not being uh, happening mm-hmm. for me in the in these these communities. So I just tended to practice alone. So here comes grace is that a few of my neighbors uh, kind of asked me what are you doing in there and what's this thing you're doing I was you know I let them you know I had them come in and like oh I'm doing yoga so we just I showed them what I was doing and they were kind of following along next to me and then it just ended up becoming uh, too uh, too big for my living room because a few other people came and then that turned into somebody else's living room and then that turned into well um, there's a church basement here uh, let's go there. And then, it, so this just kept escalating where other people would want to join, and this is all on the side. And at some point, <laughs> four or five years into it, um, one of the people that had been taking these non class classes with me. <laughs> I uh, said, "Would you please rent us someplace nice for a change?" And I was like, "What?" So that that turned in a year later to uh, the first lease that I had on a yoga studio, and then I opened and I wanted to be minuscule because I didn't want that. I didn't want a business. I didn't want a lease, and and I was still my career was growing as a at the university, and and uh, so were my children. So. I opened up that small, small space and uh, within four months, there were I was teaching 13 classes a week and oh just God. to keep up with the people uh, because I was starting to have to turn people away and I didn't want to do that. So then I got a bigger space and then a bigger space. And then three years ago, after I started teaching um, the immersion programs that I run about bringing this to your life, mm-hmm. um, everything got so big that I had to choose one career or another. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I left my professorship, which was uh, yeah the unexpected choice, but I knew that's what I had to do. So what I, I would say that that is probably my best example of following it, and mm-hmm. the reason that this grew because I never intended on any of it to grow. I didn't say I want that, but it, it was just the it made me feel joyful to be doing this this thing every Mm -hmm. time i did it whether i was teaching or taking it it provided me relief and i couldn't not do it Mm -hmm. and but the fortunate thing is that grace knew that i had to be so busy with something else or i would get in the middle of wanting (laughs) something about it you know i as soon as soon as i i realized this was going to be my career you know or if we think that we want that then we start planning and scheming and trying to help it and to happen. Grasping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we think we're helping and planning and budgeting. And, you know, but really what we're doing is putting, inserting our, um, our, beliefs, yes. yeah, and hot air popcorn about, <laughs> oh, how would you grow a career like this? Uh, well, let me grab onto what I know, and the thing is that we don't know, or it would have already happened. Yes. So so the I think the feminine flow comes in in our lives when we are kind of distracted by something else. So the the times and spaces where, you know, maybe we're going through life changes that are really difficult, or we've experienced mm-hmm. a great loss, mm-hmm. or transition times, yes. or times where, you know, our careers are going really Really well. All these other things Mm -hmm. will come in on the side because our we're not looking at it, and Mm -hmm. it can come into us. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, I could not agree more. Wow, I just I just love the breadth and the depth of your mind and your wisdom. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well thank you for uh, yes. you know having the conversation with me because uh yeah it just there's absolutely nothing more fascinating to me than these mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually me too me too. Yeah. So to bring this to a close one one last question from who you are today where you are all this life experience and wisdom you have, looking back at your younger self, what, what would you share with her? What wisdom would you pass on if you could? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so many things. That would be like a whole weekend. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, this is where the the feel of the spiral comes back into mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. is that that the first thing I would say to that younger me is that you had it. You were dead on, and you knew it. You know that that we are taken care of. That yes, the the freaking out that we all do, mm-hmm. myself included, as adults, um, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's not necessary. But we also have to allow it because that's part of our physicality, our mind and our body. Mm-hmm. So, but but to understand that yes, I had it. And and I think the I did have a period of time through my twenties where I did the information gathering and uh, and the life experiences that I had. I did go into a mode like everyone else, where okay, if I learn enough, if I understand enough, I can. Um, sort of design how things are going to happen mm-hmm. and keep the bad times away, the challenging times away and learn how to prosper and get more of what I want and protect mm-hmm. those that I love from everything. Yes. And, and so it's the spiral of coming back around that, you no, know, you had it the first time they didn't need to be, um, they, the adults around me did not understand. They did not have to be that concerned, although they have to allow that they have that fear. And I don't have to be that concerned now either because I have an easy chair that raft those hands that are holding me always.
0: Mm. Wow, what a beautiful image to to rest in as we bring this to a close. So thank you, Penny, for your your generosity and your free sharing of all that you know in this moment.
1: Yes, <laughs> in this moment, yeah. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come and play with me here because it's really yes. been fun.
0: Yes, <laughs> it has been. And if people would like to um, learn more, get in contact with you, I know you have a web website. You have mm-hmm. your pennyclum.com and yep. then if they are in your area and wanted to check into your yoga um yeah and remind me so are you in Maine? You're yes, in Maine. I mean- now. Okay. Yes, I'm in Maine
1: just south of Portland and uh, the website for the studios is kasuminstitute.com and we have event speakers and uh, and I also have people that travel in from out of state to mm-hmm. take my year-long immersion program. We meet one Saturday and Friday evening a month and uh, and we all go our separate ways during the course of each month to learn how to bring all these different aspects into our lives as we go throughout the year. So, yeah, lots of opportunities for lots of different programming here, and I also travel to teach. So, lots.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. So I want to want to thank, of course, our listeners as well for being with us today. And I, I know you are coming away enriched and remind you that – Until next time, to always trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes.